Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Journey to Develop Her podcast. I'm here today with a wonderful woman of God. Her name is Natasha T. Brown. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Deontay. How are you? I am well. And those who have been listening to the podcast, I am doing this podcast to showcase women and men in the business world in real estate now we have an, like our second author on the show so i had to bring natasha on here she has a powerful testimony she's a great book coach and she'll be working with me on my book hopefully in the near future and i'm so excited to have you here today thank you i'm excited to be here awesome so tell us about yourself Absolutely. So again, hi, everybody. I'm Natasha T. Brown. I'm a publisher. I'm the owner of Elohi International Publishing and Media and also a book coach. I, I kind of started in publishing as an author and then a ghostwriter. So many people know me as a ghostwriter. And I'm also in ministry. So I do a lot of ministry work as a missionary and sort of just a minister, however the Lord uses me. And so I run a, a faith community. I'm a steward, I should say, of a faith community called We Who Dwell, and also um, the founder of a domestic violence nonprofit called Ten Blessings Inspiration. That's beautiful. I love it. So what motivated you to become an author? So I've always been a storyteller since I was a young girl, always writing stories even as a child. And so what actually made me finally become a published author after, you know, being a journalist and marketing and doing all of this other type of storytelling is it was a tragedy. You know, I was in a violent relationship for a couple of years and being disobedient to God, staying in that place, I ended up at the wrong place at the wrong time. And someone actually tried to murder my ex-boyfriend while I was there. And so I was in the car at the time. I jumped out. I wanted to break it up and just kind of be that, you know, that person to help him. Right. And it ended up turning into just a crazy mess. Once we finally did get him out of that situation and to the hospital, I found out he was being stabbed. So he was stabbed nine times. Didn't know it. It was, you know, pitch black outside. And while at the hospital, the police started to ask me questions about what happened. And of course, I didn't, you know, I just told them what I saw and they arrested me and apparent the, the people who were there who actually committed the crime, they pretty much framed me for attempted murder. So I was charged with seven felony charges and I fought for my life and for my freedom to prove my innocence for pretty much nine months of 2014. And from there, you know, as I was rebuilding, I remember the day that the case got dropped, I was still very angry and bitter for having, you know, to spend so much time on that situation that was just a lie, you know? So I was still very upset and angry. And I remember the day after the case got dropped, I woke up really early and I was just praying and I was like, Lord, you know, what can I do? Like, I'm so mad. And at that time, I wasn't the person I am today. I wasn't like a sold out, you know, Christian. I was just a believer, but didn't really live my life that way necessarily. So I, I prayed and the Lord told me to write. And so I started writing and I thought what I was doing was writing, you know, a journal, like journaling pretty much. Right. 
and it ended up turning into my first book called 10 Blessings of Betrayal, A Spiritual Journey of Rebuilding Through Tragedy. And from there, I didn't, I thought, again, just writing for the fun of it, I had, you know, had done that for a long time. And so a year to the date when everything happened, which was January 2nd, the, the next year, January 2nd of 2015, the Lord told me to publish that book. And so I published it six weeks later and my whole life changed after that. And that kind of pushed me into becoming a ghostwriter, a book coach, a publisher. And, you know, I've ghostwritten probably about 30 books at this point and coached hundreds of authors, probably in the thousands, just by way of conferences and things like that. Right and retreats but that really pushed me into that sort of assignment of being you know a storyteller that helps push out other authors oh wow that that's so profound like at first i have to go buy the book today <laughs> like i'm not going to ask you more questions that is so profound oh my goodness yeah, so you yes to god be the glory and these assignments i literally that, okay, my journey was based on an assignment too. And I'm really here to interview you, so I'm not going to go into it. But I will say my assignment pushed me into my purpose. And clearly your assignment pushed you into your purpose. Because had that not happened to you, we wouldn't know you as the author. You wouldn't be, I don't know if you would be walking in any regard in your purpose today. You probably didn't even know what your calling was at that moment, or did you? No, I, at the time I owned, see, I, I was an entrepreneur and I did own a business, which was a um, strategic communication, social responsibility, branding and okay. public relations company. So it was in the realm. It was like, I was right. orbiting and I first lady likes to say your blessings are orbiting you. And sometimes we don't even know, we don't even know how to get there. We don't even know what is around us, but it was right. always orbiting me. I was always a storyteller, always right. interested in doing good, helping the community, things like that in terms of what I did before, I would work with entrepreneurs, celebrities, artists, help them come up with important initiatives and then tell those stories, like share those stories, publicity, writing, you know, however I needed to shape their stories. That's what I would do. So I'm still doing some of the same things, but not necessarily, like not really like to the, you know, the magnitude as it is today. Wow. Yeah, well, I need you in my life. So I'm glad I found you. Likewise, you know, because you're about to coach me into this next phase of my life because I feel like I'm called to real estate. And, you know, I used to be a realtor. Did you know? I I didn't know that. I used to be a realtor in my 20s. My family, my mom and my dad are realtors. And, you know, when I first graduated college, I started to work with my dad and his real estate company. So I, I got my real estate license and I worked with him and we closed deals. And wow. yeah, <laughs> I didn't, I had no idea you had a real estate background. That's I never tell anybody that no one knows. So I need to get back into it. So, Let's do yeah. it. The time is now. It's a lot. First of all, there's a lot that's coming in the future that we need people with integrity to really come in and help people. I'm in the business of helping people. The money is gonna come or it's not gonna come, but I I do feel like my calling is to one, in some regards, stop homelessness, stop discrimination, provide more fair housing opportunities to people, more low income, I'm not gonna even say low income, affordable housing for people Mm -hmm. because 
anybody can need an affordable housing. Someone who, not like I say, who's a millionaire, but someone who probably makes $50,000 a year needs assistance when it comes to where they're gonna live and rest their head at night. So affordable housing for every, everyone in different regards. So, you know, in many different ways, God used my testimony, which is nowhere near compared to yours. Oh my goodness, that, that was a crazy ordeal. But, you know, at one point in my life, I was technically homeless. Okay, the same person who allowed me to sleep in their bed, another grown woman, allowed me to sleep in her bed with her. She actually got me into real estate. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. First of all, I used to model and I met her at some bathing suit fashion show practice. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, you teach me how to walk. All right. So me and her just hit it off, became really cool. We was living in the world. We were young, mm-hmm. we were like 18, 19, but we were living in the world. But shortly after that, my mom, you know, me and her don't have the best relationship. Mm-hmm. So like, you got to go. She kicked me out. Okay. <laughs> and I had technically nowhere to go. I had two friends, her, who I just met, and this other guy who's like my brother to this day, who mm-hmm. let me come in and share their home with me. And this particular young lady, she literally got me into real estate. So I wouldn't yeah. know about real estate if it wasn't for her and God. My father was a real estate entrepreneur, owned many properties in New York City. He didn't raise me, so I didn't learn anything from him. And I feel like real estate was still, is still somehow my calling Mm -hmm. because the enemy tried to break what I was supposed to do, take it away from me, and I still wanted to get into the end goal. And I'm, I'm young and I still have a lot of life ahead of me, but that's just my brief testimony. I love it. But that is... Love your story. So I'm sure you consider yourself a a kingdom entrepreneur. Yeah. And many people probably don't even know what that is. They're probably thinking they're coming on here to hear about real estate. So can you tell us what is a kingdom entrepreneur? So when we say kingdom entrepreneur, we're talking about the kingdom of God, uh, the kingdom of Christ. And so the kingdom is pretty much um, like the system of God, right? The ways of God, the system, the way that God's system work, the, the God design of things. And so I'm an entrepreneur that pretty much I'm a believer in Christ, a Christian, and I, you know, seek to represent Jesus in my business and every part of my life. You know, it's it was really hard. That was one thing, you know, once I had that sort of awakening, even, you know, once I published that book, I said a, a really radical prayer, the, the Hannah prayer, because I was scared to publish. And I remember going to church and the weekend before my book came out, still very nervous. I had been receiving death threats before that book came out. And my name was being slandered on social media. It was just crazy. And I had to put out some restraining orders and because I was going to publish because I knew I heard God. Right. And um, the, I was still really scared. So you have to do it afraid sometimes. But I went to church the weekend before the book came out. And that pastor preached on Hannah and how she couldn't have a child. First Samuel, the book of First Samuel, chapter one. She couldn't have a child. She was being tormented by her husband's second wife. And she started to, she went to the temple, said a prayer. And, you know, not it wasn't that easy. But she, you know, prayed fervently and was like, you know, Lord, if you give me a son, I will dedicate his life to you. And at that moment, I felt like I heard God. And I went home and I said the same prayer. And I'm like, Lord, if you make this book, if you make it, you know, what it needs to do, if you take it, like, I'll give it to you. Like, I'll give my life to you, actually. Like, I'll dedicate my whole life to you. I won't look back. 
And I was like, just please don't let this book embarrass me pretty much. Mm. And so he did that. And like the next week I got contacted by Black Enterprise Magazine, was featured there. Within a couple of weeks, getting a call from General Motors, their diversity team asking to fly me out to Vegas to be an influencer at the Stellar Gospel Music Awards at the time. Again, I wasn't a sold out Christian, so I didn't even, I had never even, you know, knew about those awards. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Like, right. Like I shouldn't have said that, but, (laughs) but it worked, you know, the Lord knows how to pull us in because he literally put me in these places and it gave me so much passion for the word. Like all I wanted to do at that point was talk about God and how he changed my life and how he brought me out of this hard place. And that's all I would do. I would go on Periscope every day, talk about Jesus. And it got to a point where I didn't even want to do my business anymore. The business that I had at the time. And I felt like a prisoner to that business actually. And so the Lord then changed my business and he gave me a new business. And it was just like, everything was so God aligned. He had me start to minister to, you know, domestic violence, victims and survivors, trauma survivors and group programs. And I didn't think of it as ministry at the point, but I just said, God, I need to know more of your word because I'm having to talk about it a lot. So he just took me on a journey and it's just been amazing. And he literally would just send people even down to, I I believe that's why that was part of the reason why he had me start ghostwriting and really get into publishing because the people that started to come to me, it was so God ordained, like they were pastors, they were first ladies, they were pastors' kids, youth pastors. Literally the first year in 2015, I ghost wrote 10 books, pretty almost all of them except one was for like pastors and entrepreneurs who were Christians who were accrediting their businesses to God. I mean, he literally honors every request that's a godly request. Like I remember that year he also called me, you know, to become like be really pure in my in my my body, right? And so I like cut out everything because the first thing that he did, let me let me tell you, when I said the prayer, I was like, okay, God, make this book a success and I'll dedicate my whole life to you. And then I was like, but people ask me about your word, Lord, but I have a bad mouth. Like I I can't curse anymore. Or like take this from me because I thought I was addicted to cursing mm. at that time and you know what he told me to do he said this is what you're going to do he said you're going to stop watching television and you're going to stop listening to music so I said okay so I stopped watching television stopped listening to music I thought it was just a short amount of time but three four five years later I still don't watch television wow. I still don't listen to music unless it's like wow. you know something that the Lord lets me listen to but he still won't let me he like still and so then after that he was like okay now you need to stop having sex and i'm like okay cool that's cool and then he sent someone to me that she was writing a book on purity she had been a virgin her whole life and got married as a virgin and i ended up working with her on her book and so researching all these scriptures the lord is just speaking to me about script like you know about purity and like it really convicted me and not only convicted me but it convinced me that that's the way so now it's five years you know what i mean and it's like god literally everything i needed you know, in terms of the word he was sent to me in terms of my business. 
So it's like, it was so powerful how it happened. It's like, he literally honors that seek. So just like how you said, God, I need to know your word. And then he tells you to mentor. And then he sends this young lady to you. That's going to help you in that way. So it's like, that's what he does. He meets us right where we are. It's like, oh my God, God is so awesome like that. So I can't even understand how people can live without God. Like, I don't even know how I lived without the Holy Spirit for so long because I'm like, I was a mess. And that's why I was a mess, you know, in the wrong place at the wrong time. I, I lived a double life, you know, before Christ. It was like, I was smart, brilliant entrepreneur, did all this great things in the community. But then at home, I'm in abusive relationships, fighting people, get, you know, doing all this craziness. And it's like, my life will always reflect that, you know, in terms of, you know, my house, like the house that I had and, you know, losing it and losing everything, you know what I mean? And then now being on this walk with God and it's like, oh my gosh, he's literally done such a great work in my life in the last six years. I couldn't have written the story myself, you know? Right. Just, oof. I'm over here like about to cry. God is so good. So good. (laughs) He's the greatest, the absolute (laughs) greatest. That, That was deep. So we talked about what the kingdom of God is, how you work as a kingdom entrepreneur. What are some of the kingdom strategies that you implement in your business? So I just think it's like biblical principles. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I would call them strategies, like kingdom strategies, but definitely just like being obedient to God, like listening. I pray a lot. So I pray I pray a lot and I, I pray over my business. I pray over my um, authors, like their businesses, their books, my clients, you know, just prayer, definitely just wrapping everything in prayer right. all the time, even before I go on any meetings, before, you know, any of that. But I've had to learn lessons like, you know, I have stories even in this Make Them Believers book that we will talk about later that was written three years ago and i re- and i was reading over it and i was like oh my like you know i remember st- i put a story in there you know where i've worked with people that were it was like a terrible situation but i didn't pray before you know before we started working together i didn't even ask god if that's what he wanted me to do i wasn't asking god to send the right people to me back then i was just like whatever came to me i would take it like i've been a full-time entrepreneur for 10 years so of course you go up and down up and down right in business so at first like I said I was a slave to my first company so just praying through like having the right connections kingdom connections making sure that everything is aligned with you know with God and there's been times where God will send me and you know of course in dark places and even to work with you know people who don't know him which is great and so at that point I just you know just try to, you know, remain godly, you know, and not to really be influenced by it. Also just principles of, you know, morals, like being integral, doing what I say I'm going to do when I say I'm going to do it. And sometimes that gets very difficult when you're working in like industries like publishing, even in real estate. One thing I learned in real estate is that you have to be fluid because things change. And so that's something that I take with me, even in this business now, it's like even being fluid. And I try to like teach my clients that too, like, hey, these are, these are our, this is our timeline, but things happen, you know what I mean? Whereas like, you might not like the design that comes back to you. And so that might take long, that might take longer, but just being honest and open, doing what I say I'm going to do. And I would also say, you know, always just 
making sure like God sends me a lot of people who are writing books about their spiritual journeys and really just using my, my background in the word and, and just making sure that it's, it's, it's right. Like doing right by my, by the books too, because I know that God has called me into publishing to get his word out to the masses. Right. And so it's like, even just like having my eye on every book, it's like, I don't just like farm stuff out. And so with me, it takes, you know, it might take a little bit longer, but I'm going to look at every single project before it leaves my company. You know what I mean? It's not going to like, I'm not just going to say, okay, let me contract this person and contract that person, but making sure that it actually makes sense for the kingdom, you know? And when it doesn't, then I really alert the author like, hey, like this doesn't make sense. Like, like sometimes I'll get authors who are very new agey. And they don't know. Like, I honestly didn't know. I was sucked in when I first got pulled out of that situation. The Holy Spirit was pulling at me, but also the new age world was pulling at me too. I didn't know that things like the law of attraction and things like that weren't God. I didn't know. A lot of people don't know. And so God was patient with me and he taught me that by linking me with faith, by teaching me faith, right? And then I realized the law of attraction is just a counterfeit counterfeit faith and everything that the enemy does is a counterfeit of the kingdom of God. So even just, you know, being that uh, mentor for a lot of my clients and authors, like when they don't know, you know, really praying through how to teach them, like, Hey, this isn't godly. Like, I don't know if this, I know this is your story, your journey, but this isn't of God, like really being bold about it. I'm glad you spoke on that. So I don't even know what to say. But I just, luckily I never got sucked in, but I'm glad you spoke about it. There's a lot of new age witchery going on on social media. I'm pretty sure we follow like the same other woman of God, Tiffany Montgomery. She's very, she's been very vocal about it. Mm -hmm. And again, because I'm not strong in the word, I don't know where to really send them to in the Bible. This is the importance of me knowing the word. Yeah, but you got Google's your friend too. I Listen. know. Even yoga and all that stuff. Like, yeah. So I've been seeing, like, even when I was trying to figure out how to glorify God and talk about finances and abundance and prosperity, when I went to go Google that or hashtag it, a lot of it went back to law of attraction. I'm like, yeah. come on. And, and I don't want other entrepreneurs to think that it's okay and... Yeah. This is why these platforms are important. There's a lot of uh, witchery going on. It is. And the problem is, it's also in the church. Like I was in, I went to seminary. The Lord had me go to seminary Mm. and I was in a spirit filled seminary. And so it's like, you know, Holy Spirit's everywhere. We're like, oh, Holy Spirit, like all of that. Right. Right. And so one of um, my roommates at the time, I stayed in apartments for on campus, right? On like graduate apartments or whatever. One of the roommates, she was a younger girl in her early 20s and she was a minister at her church. She was also in the Master of Divinity program, which I was in as well. But she was dating a guy who was into tarot card reading. I mean, he was into astrology. That was the first thing. Mm -hmm. And so then she got into astrology. She would do basically psychic readings um, with people over the internet, people were, were were paying her to like give them, and I didn't know it was like psychic readings at the time, but she, like it was based on their horoscopes. 
Right. And like it was like horoscopes pretty much. And she would do readings like these love readings, all types of stuff with them. And the Lord had me confront her and it doesn't always end well. But then she tried to make it like, oh, you need to move. And I'm like, the Lord sent me here three years ago and he told me to stay planted. I'm not going anywhere. And I had to battle with the school, but I confronted her in love. So I'm just saying this to say it might not end well, like in terms of that relationship, but the, a seed will be planted. You know, it, it may not always end well, but we have to say it. We have to be speak truth. But I confronted her in love at first and I wrote down scriptures for her. And I was like, hey, this isn't right what you're doing. And I just feel like the Lord really wants to, you know, draw you near to him. And he wants, you know, to use you. You're so gifted. And I feel like, you know, the enemy wants to take that. And he wants to take it. And so I, I just confronted her in love. I wrote down the scriptures for her. And I was like, I'm going to keep praying for you. She came back and was like, hey, I just think you're being too judgmental. You just need to open up. Like, this isn't, it's nothing wrong with it. It's no harm in this. And I'm like, no. And I knew it's really hard to get through the females especially when they have a male like that they're sleeping with as well like that's kind of influencing them so at the end of the day it didn't really end up well but she ended up moving because i was like pray i pray her away and i kept i kept getting witches as roommates honestly and i prayed them away yeah i it's a i went through a whole season of spiritual warfare especially while i was in seminary and i'll probably talk about it at some point but yeah it's not all yeah, it's very deep, so. <laughs> Sorry. That's a whole nother podcast, right? A whole nother thing we're not even talking oh, about what yeah. we're supposed to talk about. <laughs> oh, no, that's crazy, though. <laughs> but, you know, some of these people, they don't even know. They just don't know. They, just they don't. don't. And then people really have this notion of, well, everybody sins. Mm -hmm. Gotta forgive me. I'm like, yeah, but... No, but it's not, everyone's not idol worshiping. That's literally like you're worshiping a false god. Oh, yeah, like, yep. It's idolatry. It's it's not good. Yeah, so that was what was wrong with the Israelites, you know? Mm -hmm. And God continued, they kept getting punished before, because of it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, we can't, he says that we should worship no other gods before him. Like, put, put nothing else before him. Tell us about the Make Them Believers strategy workbook. Yes, so, okay. A few years ago, me and one of my really good friends in business and, and just a friend, period, Caressa, we we had a retreat called Make Them Believers Academy. And so it was a it was a it's a weekend retreat, virtual retreat that we would do. And it was so powerful and they learned so much. So we just kind of took all the content from our retreat and put it in a workbook. So it's a pretty much a workbook and it's for believers in business. But anyone, even if you're not a believer, you can definitely benefit from it. But it's for um, startups and or believers who are pivoting in business, authors. So it's about seven different uh, sections that we that we go over in this book. And so I would kind of just talk about some of the what we kind of talk about in here. Awesome. But the first section is um, ministry in the marketplace. So we talk about like, what does that mean? And why is it important? And then we the next part is having a mindset to monetize because a lot of the people who would come to us, Caressa is a pastor's daughter. So she's a PK and her network is filled with entrepreneurs, but also 
you know, people in the church. And so is mine, right? And so a lot of people have a mindset. They don't, they can't monetize their gifts because of the church. And so they think that like, they're not supposed to, you know, coach people or charge for things. So we talk, we have a section on mindset, like having a mindset to monetize. And then there's a section on brand foundation. And so we talk about, yes, the typical things like your color, what should influence your brand colors, your brand identity. But then we go into, you know, how to come up with your taglines, how to have, you know, your marketing. And then there's an author's masterclass in the book. So we go through like how to kind of think about your book, how to outline it. And then there's a section on, you know, cutting through the noise to be heard. So in the social media world, there's a lot of different noise. There's a lot of noise. So how are you going to stand out in that world? We talk about pitching, so pitching your brand to the media and sponsors. And then there's a section called DIY or pay to play. So what can you pay for in your business? And what are some resources to use for those things? And then what should you purchase? And so we we have some different recommendations on different people to work with. And it's an older book. It's like three years old. We're going to update it. And so I'll probably be sending everybody out like a way to get the new book, even if you have the old book. Okay. Um, once it's updated, but and it won't be like the same cost. It'll, it'll definitely, you know, you'll have a benefit if you purchase the old book already. I, I just purchased mine. You I just purchased it. I don't know when we're going to update it, but what we'll Besides. do. Yeah, no, I don't know when we're going to update it, but it won't be like, like, so this one's like, you know, 25 or something. It won't be that much. And the okay. other one will be more. So what we'll do is just offer the difference. Probably. I was thinking about that last night, but yeah. And then there's a scripture glossary for believers. So like, you know, how do you like, what do you, let's talk about wealth. What does the Bible say about wealth? What does the Bible say about affirmation fear? So we have scriptures for different situations that you'll face as an entrepreneur. That's beautiful. Well, when I saw you post it, I'm like, well, I need to get this book. And I ordered it. And I was like, you know what? Let me just have her on this on my podcast. I, thanks Thank for, you thanks so for much. coming on. And you know, let me just say one last thing about the Make the Believer. It's a strategy workbook, right? So it's designed to like work through it. It's not like, you know, a book that you just pick up and read. If you just pick it up and read through it, yeah, you might get some stuff, but it's actually designed for you to like stop and work, you know, stop and actually think and work. So, yeah. That's awesome. Definitely awesome. So we mentioned gifts. And as you know, in the Bible, it states in Proverbs 18 and 16, your gifts will make room for you. Mm-hmm. So we, I'm almost assuming, you know, that writing is your gift. Yeah. Your pivoting, your journey, your processing led you to your, your spiritual gift, right? What else inspired you? Yeah, so I think I, I have a gift of storytelling. So I would say even like beyond writing, it's also speaking. And I do also some television production type stuff too. So awesome. it's like, um, I have a gift of storytelling and then teaching as well. So, you know, I think we all have many gifts. I can't sit here and be like, oh, this right. is my gift and this right. is my gift. I have a lot of gifts, right? Awesome. <laughs> but at different um, seasons, God will use certain gifts. So he'll bring certain ones to the forefront and say, okay, this season, I need you to focus on this, like, like teaching, right? And so like when I was a missionary, I was pretty much teaching. So that was like that thing, that gift. How do we find out what spiritual, well, having a gift gift and having a spiritual gift is two different things, right? Mm-hmm. So 
do are you familiar with what the spiritual gifts are mm-hmm. and how we can even see if we have them and even use it to for our purpose or to monetize it so there's a lot of different gifts right so there's like the gifts of teaching prophecy So the Bible mentions gifts, I think, in three different places. And so I think that with that, we can always pray and ask God what our gifts are and then see how we operate. I actually took different tests and stuff. Like I would take like, you know, spiritual, there's actually spiritual gift tests that you can take to figure out. But, you know, when, when you read the Bible and you see how certain gifts operate in the Bible, then you can kind of identify. So it's like, you know, Apostle Paul, he had a lot of gifts. He was an apostle, but he also had like gifts of teaching. He, he had, I believe he had some prophetic gifts. So it's like, if you read the Bible, you can kind of identify with certain Bible characters, right? So that's one way when we talk about spiritual gifts, it's like really just praying, asking God to reveal it to you. And then also looking at seeing where you're typically used and like called upon. So like with me, I was called upon in my church to teach. And then if I could look back at my life, like I've always been a teacher, I've always been teaching even aside from the Bible. So I knew, you know, okay, I'm a teacher, but then I'm also like an encourager and I exhort people. I love talking about the word of God. When I see something, I always, like when I see someone, my my first thought is like, oh my gosh, I, I, that person needs to get saved. So I'm also an evangelist. So I have like a, a gift like prophetic evangelism. God will use me prophetically in in terms of evangelism and teaching. So it's like we can look back at our life and see how the Lord has used us or see how leaders have called upon us to do certain things, how we've operated to kind of identify also our gifts. But there are some different spiritual gifts tests if you aren't involved in a ministry that can kind of help you identify. As far as with our natural gifts, that come to us as far as through our vocation or, you know, what we do for a living or even in a business. I want to talk about the fact that purpose isn't, so the purpose of something, right? And there was a question on here where you were going to ask me about purpose and how to monetize our purpose. Mm-hmm. Purpose is really the reason why something exists. Okay. So that's like the definition of purpose, the reason why something exists, right? The reason, what is it there for? When we think about being believers, our purpose is to worship and share Christ. That's really like everybody's purpose. If you are a believer, like God, like he said, go make disciples, like, right? That's our purpose. How we do that then is our specific like assignment, our calling. So I think it's different and we, we, we really minimize this whole language on purpose. I think it's because it's such a commercialized thing and people realize like, oh, we can make money off of teaching people how to find their purpose. But really, you're never going to find your purpose if you don't know God, because you could be doing something and you could be super successful. People can give you praise. You might like it. I mean, come on, let's think about how many people are like, you know, child molesters or porn, you know, they, they, they love porn. They're good at having sex. They, you know, all of that, but that's not why God created you, you know? So we're created to give God glory, but we all do it in a different way. And so really getting close to God will let us know that. So how do you monetize that? Then you go again, back to the source. Mm. 
making him again our ceo making god the ceo of our business making him the ceo of our life really going to him and saying how do i do this god to honor you i was a slave to my first business which was again pr and marketing and i was working it was like a lot of the projects were the wrong projects so it made me a slave to it i was taking projects just for money not realizing how much time it would take me right. not realizing that it wouldn't give me any purpose so it was draining me now i work so much harder in my business now but i have so much peace so much joy so much fulfillment in that business so when people say like how can i like find my purpose really they want to know like how can my life have meaning how can i find meaning in my life how can i find meaning how can i do something that i love and get paid for it right and so yeah it's a lot of different ways but i think it all goes back to god <laughs> Man, that was that was well said like you yeah because <laughs> i asked that question before and i just like that the way you explained it much better <laughs> I think that you found like you're onto something, you know, like you were in real estate before, like you were doing real estate, but like God gave you a purpose to your real estate, like why you're doing real estate. So it's like, even as a realtor and a developer, you, he wants you to represent him. So it's really all about finding out how to represent God in everything we do. The hairdresser, that can be your purpose. Like that can be your assignment, your calling on earth to make people beautiful, to be a hairdresser. But that doesn't mean you can't be a preaching hairdresser, a praying hairdresser, a prophesying hairdresser, a laying hands on people hairdresser. That's how my hairdresser is, right. by the way. Like she's all that, she's super anointed. But it's like God puts us in these different places because he needs us to represent him everywhere. Yes. So it's like, we can't even have purpose conversations outside of God. And that's what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. They're having these conversations about, about purpose, but they don't know God. They, you're lying. You're like telling people a whole lie mm -hmm. because it's like, they're saying, oh, find your purpose. To them, it means find something that you're happy doing where you can make money. That's but a passion, right? Not purpose. It's a passion, yeah. But, that, and that's so lustful, like it can change. Yep. Right. But with God to find like one season, I'm doing something. And then the next season I'm doing something else. I'm always gifted at all these things, but God will use me for his glory in different places. Amen. I'm sowing a seed somewhere today. <laughs> <laughs> you have sowed so many seeds in my life already. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Like, like I just feel, you know, you can feel the Holy Spirit and it's just, I feel, thank I feel you. heavy, but it's, it's a good heaviness. Like it's a bit heaviness. Yeah. So <laughs> no, but yeah, this is it's just been a really blessful day. Should we talk about abundance? Because you know, abundance and prosperity, we kind of spoke started talking about it, but we talked about how the new age people, how they're perverting mm -hmm. abundance and prosperity. But what does it mean to you? So I believe that God has everything. He owns everything. Clearly the, the Bible tells us that, right? And I think abundance is living in that place of like having no lack, you know, you don't have any lack, but you're full, like you're fulfilled. I should say not full, but fulfilled. You're fulfilled, abundance being fulfilled and not having lack, right? And also having enough to help others. 
God told Abraham that I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing. And through you, all the families on the earth will be blessed. So it's like, we're not only being blessed ourselves, like we shouldn't seek the blessing just for ourselves, but to be a blessing to others. That's when you have abundance, right? One of my favorite scriptures, probably my favorite scripture is Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all else will be added to you. Because the apostles were talking about like food and, you know, like basically clothing, all these things. And he's like, don't worry about any of those things. God, Jesus, like, don't worry about those things. If you seek me first and you seek my righteousness, the righteousness of the kingdom, then everything else, you're going to have everything else. And that's a promise. So to me, like that is my wealth strategy, like for real, you know what I mean? And of course, God will then, he teaches me things on the way, like, okay, invest in this, like save money here. Like at first I was like trying to save as much as I would give. Right. And then he's like, no, you need to save this much money. Like you need to be able to be good. Right. So God will give you wisdom, like giving you asking for wisdom is one other thing that I always do, like praying for wisdom and just the wisdom and everything I'm doing. But yeah, that's what prosperity and abundance is to me. Beautiful. And what are some ways, because I, I feel like, and I don't know, we, we talked about it earlier, but we didn't really go dive into it. This whole negative mindset as far as fear and even charging people for your services. Cause you, you also talked about how people in kingdom entrepreneurs have, I guess they don't understand their worth or their notion of charging. People who are coming from the church into entrepreneurship. That's what I meant. Like sometimes people who are coming from the church and not just those, that group of people, but even when you have a poverty anybody, mindset, yeah. yeah, anybody, like it's anybody can be affected by a spirit of lack or a poverty mindset, a spirit of poverty. So sometimes a lot of people don't realize that they can charge for certain things mm -hmm. or how much to charge, or they will feel guilty about charging. Right. You know, so what were you going to ask me? <laughs> so that was, th those were one of the things I wanted you to elaborate on and you did. And then also the notion of fear. I have a whole book that I didn't even get through yet. I got a lot of reason to do. What's the book called? Fear is a Liar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, it is. And it is, it is definitely a whole liar. And the enemy really, he tries to trick us. Mm -hmm. So even when it comes to self-esteem, like you're not good enough. Yep. Who's going to buy something from you? Who, you know, in the, in the business space, I've even had issues with, even with myself, not again, not in the business space of investing, but just be, me wanting to be a motivational coach in real estate or just showing people how to do this business. Like I really had to tell myself, all right you're worthy, you can do it. And a lot of people have these same issues in, in all regards. Yeah. Um, what can people do or even pray to fight against that? That's, just, that's just the enemy. It is the enemy. And, and that's the one thing, not noticing, like whenever you have fear, realizing that it's the enemy trying to stop it, like trying to stop something that God has for you and something that God, a place where God wants to take you, a territory that he wants you to occupy. It's like fear will stop you from doing that, right? All those self-defeating thoughts are always the enemy. It's never God. Like God doesn't talk to us that way. So even like just getting in the word more, I think will help um, people. Like when we get in the word more and really know what God says about us, that we 
don't, he didn't give us a spirit of fear. Like to know that the, the Bible says God did not give you a spirit of fear. It's like point blank period. But of what? Love. <laughs> God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, right? So you have the power to do it, of love and of a sound mind. Then knowing things like I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, right? And then like that God will do exceedingly abundantly above I can think or, or imagine, like, or ask. Right. So knowing the word of God will literally like shut fear down. But when it doesn't just noticing like, hey, that's a lie. But I think that we have to also think about what could it be stopping? Like there's some there's a reason why God that why the enemy attacks us in certain areas. If he's attacking your money, then that means you're called to wealth. Right. If he's saying that you're stupid, that means that God probably has this whole brilliant thing for you, like to really use your brain for something. If he's attacking your mind, like with me, he always would try to attack my mind still attack my mind, attack my thoughts. Right. Well, I'm a thinker and I'm a writer. It's like I write all day. I have to write and edit and shape words and stories all day. So if my mind isn't clear, then I can't do what I'm called to do. So it's like what's attached to that, like realize, like outthinking the enemy. Mm. That's so yeah. That's so deep. It's so interesting that I, every time I go into a, a store that sells notebooks, Mm -hmm. or or books in general it's like god is always positioning me to buy a notebook like i have tons of notebooks <laughs> and i'm like one day i know god is putting a whole word to me to write us like my well now that i'm telling my journey i still have a whole story behind it it's still things happening right now but i just felt like he was he's just in many ways positioning me to talk about my journey, write about my journey, even, you know, doing this podcast, even me for, for such a long time, I, I had this one, I would say I used to be shy. Cause I'm not going to say I'm shy anymore. Right. I used to be scared to speak in front of crowds. I'm not going to say mm -hmm. I, I'm scared now, but I felt like I had a muzzle over my mouth and like the enemy was trying to silence me. Cause yeah. like literally when it comes to even networking, I would be scared to talk to somebody that, I that, that could help me do mm -hmm. what I need to do. Yeah. So. <laughs> Same. I've experienced it. I I dealt with extreme social anxiety for a really long time. I, I wouldn't even leave the house unless it was like, you know, a comfort zone area. Like I would not put myself in uncomfortable situations, wouldn't leave the house. Like that was kind of like a result of like domestic violence for me. Right. So the enemy really tried to silence me after that. And it was like, I I, I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to be around anyone. Didn't want to network. You know, even now it's still a battle to even put, like I wouldn't put on events. Like I knew that I was supposed to and I wouldn't do it. And I came from that background, that event background. But for like a couple of years, I wouldn't do events unless it was like online. Always just fearful that no one would support me. People, like I wouldn't be successful. And I just had to... Like keep going, you know. We sometimes we have to do it afraid and just like fight through it. Exactly, and literally that's what I'm doing right now. Yes, <laughs> it's like this is what I literally the name of this podcast. God told me to name it this, and then I didn't even listen to him. I was just like, eh, nope. And then I was like procrastinating and brainstorming. What should I name the podcast? And then somehow I had wrote it down. I had put a date there. Luckily I did. And then when I went back to it, I said, wow, he told me to do this back in March. 
Mm-hmm. This is at the beginning of the quarantine. So before we, everything got locked down, I went and bought wigs. I went and bought like a tripod. Like I got ready because I was like, I'm going to release this podcast. I'm going to be going live. I'm going to be doing what God told me to do. And we we finally here though. We 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 in we in August. I'm excited. <laughs> we're executing right. Yeah. We're 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 praying against you know the spirit of procrastination. And really learning how to execute when we're told the first time and not when we feel like it's our, you know, and, and on our time. We have to really be doing things on God's time. So that's what I'm learning yeah. at this moment. So what's next for Natasha? I have a book coming out. Ah, yeah, a new one. Yeah. The Absence of Excess. So it comes out in September. It's called The Absence. The Absence of Excess, Stories on Cultural Immersion, Godly Love, and Living Surrender from a Black American Missionary in Africa. So it talks um, a lot about the missionary journey, all about, it's all, it's set in Tanzania. It's set in the village where I was, and I'm pretty much introducing different customs and lessons from the village, like their way of life, and kind of giving the American church, like, hard questions, like, how will you respond to this like how um is your faith real do you really love god do you really love your neighbors are we really living the word you know because i've seen a different type of faith a different type of commitment to the gospel and even to the great commission they are so focused on getting the word to people And it's like, wow, you know, I didn't want to leave. It's like, I wanted to leave and I didn't want to leave, but I knew that I needed to share that life with people in that culture. So that's what's next. I'm really about to, you know, prayerfully that the Lord will make the room and just open doors. But I really want to encourage more black Americans to serve in Africa and also want to encourage, you know, less things, you know what I mean? Like less dependence on things and more getting back to God. So really just trying to take out some of the principles that I talk about in the book and just make them real and make them conversations. That's beautiful. And believe it or not, Tanzania was on my radar through real estate. Apparently there's opportunity there. Mm. So if you do go back, you should probably look into that as well. But just many, many different um, countries in Africa. We, I just, that's a whole nother topic for me too. Like just really knowing where I come from, right? It's like, so part, it's, it's a part of your identity. Sometimes yeah. like, you know, I actually bought a whole, what do you call that? DNA test or DNA mm-hmm, test. Mm-hmm. Didn't even do it yet. Cause I'm like, I already know I'm like either Ghanaian or Nigerian. <laughs> some regard. But just, I just think that you, first of all, I saw all of your, most of your stories and feeds on Facebook, uh, Instagram mm-hmm. when you were out there. And I was just like, wow, this is incredible. She's out there on a missionary trip. I just thought that was just so amazing. So Thanks. I aspire to hopefully be able to do that one day as well. Hopefully I'll be called there by God. Right. And I just thought that was just incredible. See, you're just an incredible young lady. Thank you. Likewise, you are too. I I can't wait to hear more about your story. And I have to, yeah, we have to catch up because I'm definitely inspired by you. 
Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be a witness to your journey. Um, I'm definitely going to support your very first book and your most current book. And um, we're definitely going to be working together. Let people know how they can get in contact with you. Yes. So if you go to, if you go to my Instagram, Natasha T. Brown, it has a link and it has all of my links, right? And, but also my website is natashatbrown.com and my company, which you can find at that link, it is elohipublishing.com and that's E-L-O-H-A-I publishing.com. Awesome. That's beautiful. And any last regards, any last words for the listeners? Develop those dreams, do what God told you to do, and you be obedient and you'll be successful. Amen. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the Journey to Developer podcast. It was such a blessing to have met you and have done this interview with you. And I'm sure we're going to see so much more out of Natasha T. Brown. I'm sure we'll be working mm -hmm. together very soon. And God bless you. God bless you too.